Hi, you're again with Volleyball Explained Podcast and our edition about the Italian League. Uh, I'm Bogdan and Nicola is also here. Unfortunately, Ronnie is not uh, in our watch uh, today, but uh, I believe that we, both of us, will be pretty much enough in order to comment and analyze what happened in the last uh, three rounds of the Italian uh, Super Lega. And uh, starting today with the results from these three rounds, of course, some other matches have been played due to the fact that Lube and Trento will play in the Club World Championship uh, in December. So these matches uh, have been played uh, earlier than than scheduled. Uh, Let's start with the results from the uh, fifth round. We have a derby uh, back then between Perugia and Trento. Uh, Trent, uh, a derby not to be because Perugia beat Trento 3-0. Monza beat Piacenza 3-0 in the other match, uh, which um, has been expected uh, for many people because Monza and Piacenza are both in top uh, four in the ranking uh, so far. Uh, top five, sorry, of course, uh, with Lube Trento and Perugia. Uh, Milano Lube 0-3. Uh, Verona Taranto 3-2 and first win for the team of Rodostin Stoichev and Verona. Ravenna Modena 0-3, Cisterna Vibo 3-1. These matches have been played on 6th and 7th of November. Then we have two matches, Monza Lube uh, 0-3 for Lube, again Lube uh, with a win. And Ravenna Trento, uh, another win for the favorites from Trento 3-0. These matches, as I mentioned, were played a little bit earlier than scheduled. Then in the sixth round, Perugia beat Milano 3-0, even though the sets were pretty even. Uh, Lube beat Modena 3-1. Actually, uh, this is the only set I lost by Lube in these matches we are going to analyze and comment. Trento beat Monza in another very interesting match, 3-1. Vibo, Ravenna, 3-0. Piacenza, Cisterna, 3-1. Taranto, Padova, 3-0, which is a pretty interesting result because Padova is a team that is performing pretty well. Uh, These were the matches from the sixth round. We have in the the, uh, round 10, but played earlier, uh, Lube Taranto 3-0 and Trento Piacenza, another very uh, interesting and curious match, 3-1 for Trento. Uh, and um, in the seventh round, we have Vibo Lube 0-3, Modena Trento 3-0, Milano Verona 3-1, Ravenna Perugia 0-3, Padova Piacenza 3-2 and Cisterna Monza 2-3 with two uh, Match points missed for the team of Cisterna in the tiebreak. Nicola, first some impressions, general impressions from these matches, and then we're going to to talk team by team along the ranking. Uh, I think that uh, outside of Perugia and Lube, uh, every other matches played were pretty unpredictable. You could expect almost everything. I mean, we've seen Padova go in and win at the tie-break in Trento, then losing uh, 3-0 in Taranto, and then again beating at the tie-break Piacenza. So most of the game are, uh, I would say, um, 
the the final result is determined by just a bunch of plays around the status or the focus some player on the the ball that, that will decide the, the outcome of, of the entire game, as happened in Cisterna Monza, as you mentioned, but also in a couple of sets that could have changed the 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 momentum of the entire match. I'm thinking about uh, the last game played by Trento against Modena when Lavia had a set ball and Trento was the 26-25, no, 25-24, then they missed the, the ball to, to close it and they ended up losing 3-0. On, on the rest, I think that Perugia is crushing every opponent so far. Uh, as we told from the beginning of this year, that they will be the, the team uh, the team to beat. Uh, but I don't think they have been tested yet. So, so we'll see. Yeah, they were tested in the Super Cup and they lost. So this is the only... Uh, this is the only defeat uh, for them uh, since the beginning of the uh, of the matches. Uh, but let's go to the ranking. Uh, and uh, firstly, we should note that the ranking is a little bit a little bit messy because some some teams like uh, Luba and Trento played nine matches until now. Uh, some some teams have eight matches. Some teams have seven. And uh, some teams has, uh, have also six matches only played. So uh, the ranking will be more organized and uh, tidy, let's say it in this way, in the end of uh, December after the end also of the Club World Championship where uh, Trento and Lube will play. Uh, but in Brazil, let's start uh, then with Lube. Uh, Lube is the team on fire because they in in those five matches uh, we mentioned the results uh, uh, just um, minutes ago uh, they have five out of five wins and only one set lost against the team of of Modena and so we should also uh, remind the the spectators or the listeners that Ivan Zaitsev is still injured so so they are playing without Ivan Zaitsev and they find uh, they found uh, their shape yeah they, they've also played uh, without uh, Osmani Wantorena from four of these five matches and, and the other was basically sent in just to gain some minutes and th- that's the big thing about Lube and um, they answered uh, as a team in all the, the difficulties, uh, they actually are the only team with six different MVPs so far in uh, in the league. Six, six players that won at least one uh, MVP title, and Lucarelli is adapting pretty well to the to the, the Checo settings, which we know we know how good is the Checo. So let's say that it wouldn't be so difficult to to, to foresee that coming. And the Anton Kovar are been covering the Wantorena absence pretty well. Uh, and Zani Balazo are in a, in a great form. Uh, I would say from Balazo, almost the European Championships uh, form. And the only question mark uh, along the game is Gabi Garcia, who, who has his up and downs. Uh, but at the end, uh, it, it fit perfectly in the kind of game that Luba is developing right now without the two stars we've mentioned, uh, Wantorini and Zaitsev. When those two will be back, uh, I think that Luba will probably steal a couple of points behind Perugia and 
the last game of the season will be Lube Perugia, so we will have a, a, a funny ending. Yeah. Uh, let's mention about uh, about Gabby Garcia that he's coming directly for NCAA, the, the American College uh, League. So uh, the level there is totally different. I asked some uh, uh, players, uh, Bulgarians playing uh, playing there, and uh, they told me that the level there is very similar to the to the level of the Bulgarian league. Uh, let's say that the teams from third to sixth, seventh place in the Bulgarian league. That means that that the, the level of NCA is not that good and it's very different to play in NCA and directly to play uh, in Italy without having a season or two in a championship like the, I don't know, probably French, uh, Turkish, German, something like this. So it's, uh, it's a little bit of a shocker for him to play on that level, but I believe that he's... Uh, He's adjusting uh, pretty quickly. And uh, of course, the Czech is not setting too many balls for him, which is pretty normal. He, he wants to, to include him to, to uh, adjust uh, uh, both uh, his setting and the attack of, of Gabi Garcia to be, uh, to be suitable and appropriate for the Italian uh, league. Uh, let's go to the second-ranked team. This is the team of Trento. They played nine matches and have 19 points. They started very well, then, but then lost to, uh, to Padova, lost to Perugia, and uh, thereafter lost also to Modena. Of course, we should note here that Micheletto missed three matches, I believe, uh, and yeah. uh, Matej Kaziski uh, missed... Uh, the last match again against uh, the team of Modena and uh, Podrashen is, is not playing also in the last uh, two games. So uh, I would say that Trento could be a very good team, but only if all the players are, are healthy and uh, kicking, let's say it in this way. Uh, and if they have some um, uh, injuries, uh, it, it will be very hard for them. And actually, the results are a confirmation for that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, we knew beforehand that the starting lineup of Trento would be in a pretty good, pretty good team, but the, the reserves are not at uh, the same level. Even if uh, uh, the Belgian middle blocker, uh, there uh, will play the... Uh, for Podrashen in both against uh, Piacenza and I guess Modena um, pl- played pre- pretty well in my opinion. Actually, Trento has 19 points after nine games. I wouldn't ever say that uh, in the beginning of the season. They've already played all the big teams. Um, the three games there, there are left for uh, closing the Andata. The first round of, uh, of games are against Taranto, Cisterna, and Milano, so probably Trento will end uh, the Andata at 24, 25 or 26 points, uh, which is a great amount of points uh, considering uh, where they're starting. And the two big matches they've lost, because we already talked about the game uh, against Padova, which was like a very strange game in Trento, could have won it even before the tiebreak and they ended up losing it in the tiebreak. But the two big matches they lost, they exploit what's the weakest point in Trento, and we underlined it before the season started, which is the, the reception. And they face two teams that are serving very well, and they wouldn't be able to, to, to turn things around. 
and especially in the in the last round, uh, uh, Nimir and Gape, they they they've toying with the the reception of Trento. So said uh, we also have to underline that Trento against Modena lined up a team that was basically an under twenty three teams. It was the youngest team ever lined up uh, by Trento in its entire history, the 20, 20 years of history, uh, except for Lisnak, which is 29 years old. The rest was a bunch of kids and uh, uh, players on, on the rising, like uh, La Via and uh, the same Micheletto. So they had convincing victory against the middle pack, let's call it like that, against Monza and against Piacenza. Uh, they ended up winning. And they also overcome some uh, uh, bad times that they've caused by themselves. And I'm talking about, for example, the third set against Piacenza. Uh, they won the set 25-21. Out of the, 20, uh, the 21 of uh, points for Piacenza, 15 were errors by Trento. So Trento somehow, despite the young age of the player, uh, managed not to be doomed by the mistake to keep playing. And... I, I want to say that everyone is fully satisfied for how the team is going so far, but um, the future seems to be bright for a team that seemed to have uh, to rebuild from from zero after last summer. Yeah, uh, actually, I was a little bit surprised by the fact that against uh, the team of Moldena, they played again with the system with. Uh, three outside hitters and not with a uh, more classical system with uh, Giulio Pinali and Toreste Cavuto played instead of uh, Matej Kaziski, but uh, probably they they have trained it that, that much that they, they don't want to uh, to change uh, that much. Okay, let's go Actually, to the... Yeah? Uh, go sorry about, about Cavuto. Uh, Lorenzetti said that he played Cavuto because it promised him that if Cavuto uh, would have um, put a, a lot of effort in training, they would have mm-hmm. time to play in big matches. So probably that was the combination of the two things. Uh, Lorenzetti wants to keep the three uh, outside hitter system and uh, give, a, give a prize to, 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 to Cavuto and let him play in this big match. I don't know if we need to talk that much about Perugia, the third-ranked team, with only six matches and 18 points. That means that they they didn't uh, uh, miss uh, even one point so far. They have six uh, wins out of six matches and they took all 18 points uh, so far. So, uh, Leon Anderson, Gianelli, uh, Rychlitski, yeah, very dominating team and um, probably the the question now is uh, one uh, if they had have been challenged enough so far because Trento was not in in the shape and in the condition to do it and uh, probably the the second question is so when are they going to lose something yeah exactly uh I mean, they've played against five of the bottom six teams of the of the rankings so far, and that tried to without Micheletto. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they it would have mattered, in my opinion, for how the the games uh, develop, being Micheletto or not on the on the court, that they would have mattered. Perugia would have won a straight straight set uh, in 
both ways. But in the next month, they, they will have much more challenging games and plus the Champions League. So because the only two teams that basically played three times uh, every week so far uh, has been Lube and Trento um, with, because of the team, the games you already yeah. pointed out that were been anticipated because they were club World Cup. Any other team had to uh, just to play twice, uh, twice a week plus some uh, middle week uh, games uh, here and then. And uh, Perugia already has his rest day, uh, rest game day. So they, they've already stopped one, one game because the Super League is made of 14 games and just 12 could play. So we will see how they will react to the fact that they will be continually playing for the, for the next month, basically, and they will play against Monza, Piacenza, Modena, Lube, Padova, and Vibo, if I'm not wrong. So they will have a lot of, of challenging games and the Champions League between, uh, between the games. So I think that around Christmas, we will know if Perugia uh, already killed the regular season or there are some hopes for the, for the team in the end. Uh, but right now they, they're unplayable. It seems like Giannelli have already found the right way to set the, to Leon. And Leon uh, started again to be devastating from the from the serving line. I mean, he already uh, scored seven aces in two different games. So it's, it, we will have him back the Leon in 2019-2024. And that's very scary for, for every opponent. Next team is Monza. Monza is doing, I believe, very well, taking into account that they don't have the resources of, uh, of Lube, of Perugia, of course, of Modena. And so they have 15 points out of eight matches. They, uh, they lost to Trento and, uh, and Lube, but they won against the team of uh, Piacenza. They won also against the team of Cisterna, even though in a tiebreak and... Uh, and this unbelievable series from the from the serving line from Donovan Javorok. Uh, they have uh, Georg Grozer as an opposite. They have Alex Grozdanov, and they have a playmaker. Uh, for for him, not that many people talk uh, that much. Santiago Orduna, but he's playing on a very big uh, and uh, good level, at least in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, I, to I totally agree. I totally agree. And uh, he's also trying to take out the best from Daviskiba, who also had uh, yeah. two great games, the last two, uh, the last two games from uh, from Monza. Even the one lost against Trento, who was one of the players who, who never broke totally. Um, but Monza, we will we told that they could be one of the surprises. I don't know if we could call them a surprise because, well, Last year they finished, uh, uh, they finished fourth and go through the semifinals. So they they're proving that it was just a one year wonder, and they're playing uh, as a team. Is the second year under Akeli, so uh, some uh, some situations, some connection that they work uh, pretty well, and they they have an an incredible player like Grozer, which. If it would be more consistent, well, first of all, probably would have played more in bigger league than in some Asian leagues. But Monza probably could have been could have had uh, three or four points more. And then we already know that the bunch of youngsters they have, Grozdanov, Javoronok, 
we, we don't talk a lot about Javorok because it's already his fifth season, I think. But the guy is what 23? 20, I think 23 mm, or 24. I would, I would check, but I, I by, by the way, I don't know why he's not playing in the in the Czech national team. Yeah, he's uh, only 24. Yeah, 24 to 1990. 1997, yes. Seven. Yeah. I was very surprised Seven. because because the Czech team played uh um a quarterfinal in the European Championship this year. They were actually the hosts of, of their uh, uh, group, of their, of their group and uh, pools. Uh, but uh, I don't know how why he's not playing there. Uh, but but anyway, I, I I thought he's a little bit older. But you're right; he's only 24, and he's uh, in the Italian Championship for uh, in Monza actually for four four five years already. So and he's very consistent. Actually, he's the He's the, let's say, in this the first outside hitter, uh, the the more consistent. And Davis Kiba is also playing a very good level. Uh, I believe that also the Bulgarian Denis Karagin could grow alongside these two. So uh, this is a very uh, fruitful place to to work and to grow as a player because. Uh, I believe also that um, this is the right place also for the other Bulgarian, Alex Grosdanov. Definitely. Definitely. And you play without the pressure. The pressure, sorry, you have to win every game. It's a play where you can develop uh, at the right timing for, for your personal uh, skills. Uh, and, and also, uh, Monza proved that could, could beat uh, everyone. I mean, if if they have in, if they are in the the good day, they they could overcome uh, any opponents except for Perugia. But, but we will see yeah. how they how they perform. Next team, Piacenza. Piacenza have uh, fourteen points uh, out of eight matches, and this team is a little bit of a. Mm, I don't know. I, I don't want to say mess, but it's something is not very right and a little bit strange, awkward in this team. And I believe they are struggling uh, time to time. Okay, they beat Luba as a guest, but they won pretty uh, bad. They, uh, they were defeated pretty badly against Trento. They were pretty badly even worse against the team of Monza, now they Monza. were beaten also from uh, Padova, which is uh, uh, even a bigger issue. And I believe they are struggling due to the fact that uh, with this problem with the limitation of foreigners, due to the fact that three Italians should play, when they make a substitution, they need only they need almost all the time, uh, except for the for the time being when they need to change the setter because they are they're both French and the opposite, the opposite. because they are both uh, foreigners, Turkish national and Slovenian national. Uh, and of course the liberal, but this is, this is another. So anytime they need to, to, to change a middle blocker or an outside hitter, they need to change one more substitution in order to to uh, balance the this rule uh, for the Italians. Three Italians uh, at the same time uh, needed in court. in court. So, for example, if 
if they need to change, uh, I don't know, Kaneski with Holt, they need to they need to uh, to give a place for another Italian uh, in the outside hitter position. So it's very hard to balance and actually to to make the team play consistently because they are all the time playing with a different uh, roster. That's exactly, if you remember what I was pointing out when we had our preview, we thought that the deep of the of the bench of Piacenza could be their best uh, asset, but also the, the biggest weakness, especially uh, if, if it's even difficult for a player like Brizard to keep adapting to a new a new set of, uh, of teammates uh, almost uh, every set, you can find out how we could be for, for, for any other friend or setter. And there, there are days where they're completely off. You told about uh, the, the losses against Monza, but the one against Trento was, was terrible in attacking for whoever played as an opposite, opposite or uh, outside hitter. The only player above 50% that game was old, who just spiked, I think, nine times. So they, <coughs> sorry, the, the fact that they have to change at least two players uh, almost every rotation, it's also, uh, uh, I can say, made worse by the injuries of Recce uh, because uh, they have to skip uh, some, uh, some games because of, a, if I'm not wrong, a, a knee injury while he was the starting player uh, at the beginning of the season. Uh, so you have to play Antonov if you want to have Holt, or uh, you have to play with two Italian middle blockers if you want to keep Russell and uh, Rossard on the, uh, on the court. So it, it's difficult uh, for Bernardi, and it's also difficult because this team is under pressure. Unlike Monza, that we, we thought that they could play with a mind-free set, uh, this team has been built to at least get in the, in the top four and try to sneak in the semi-final, I don't know, in Coppa Italia or, uh, or during the, the, the playoff. So things are getting a little heated, like it's uh, in, the last, uh, in the last game, they have some argument between the bench players and the supporters of Piacenza that travel to Padova. So that, that gives you the, the sense of how, how the, the environment is, uh, is right now. If the, the players will be all healthy, uh, probably Bernardi will have less problem. But we, we'll say uh, how, how they, they will perform in the next games. But I think that if they just adjust a couple of situations, then they will still be in the five, fourth or fifth place at the end of the season. Next team is Padova. We mentioned them in the beginning, but Padova is playing... Uh very well against the big teams and not that well against the, the smaller teams in the second uh, part of the of the ranking. They have nine points. Uh, they are sixth placed, uh, nine points out of six uh, matches. They beat Trento and Piacenza, but lost to Toronto, which is a very strange thing, but uh, it's, uh, it's a fact. They, uh, they have, as we mentioned also in the previous edition, they have... Uh, German pair uh, setter opposite in uh, Zimmermann and Weber. And they have Mattia Botovo, uh, who became uh, the MVP against the team of, uh, 
at the team of Piacenza. I don't know what to add uh, from the next time, from the previous time talking about Padova there, a little bit of a, um, yeah, it, a, a strange team. I, I, I knew that they have the, the potential to, to, to not be included in the, in the fight for uh, staying in the league because they, they, they could be better and they are better than that. But uh, I didn't expect to, to, for them to win against Trento and uh, Piacenza. I, I think that pretty much anybody would have expected that. And if you consider that Padua is the only team that lost points against Ravenna, because Ravenna had as just one point and they yeah. and they two, took it against Padua in the tiebreak. So it, it's I would I like them because it's a funny a funny um, team to watch playing uh, because Zimmerman is playing pretty well. I didn't expect him. Uh, unlike you, I, I put Padua uh, not fighting for the relegation, but a little bit more in danger than 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 other teams. And we had not the the pleasure to see to see Zimmerman playing so much in the in the past season here here in Italy. But now they they're having fun. They actually are attacking with very low uh, percentage because they. They never get uh, above fifty uh, percent in in any of the of the games they played, but there's they're a team that is never knocked out during a set. In the last game against Piacenza, they were two two set down. They were down also in the th- in the third in the first set even badly five or six point, and somehow with the grit with the the spirit of fighting they they come back and and took the two points which is also what happened against Trento even if uh, we know that Trento had the injury of Micheletto and some other problems the this uh, the, the game but but Padova is a team that that, that is never backing down so that's pro- what's probably make uh, Coutini the coach uh, more proud of uh, of everything else and if some teams like Vibo keep on being so inconsistent, keep on st- struggle along the season, Padova really had a chance to sneak in into the playoff picture. Yeah, and we now reach the elephant in the room, the team of Modena. Uh, Modena lost to Piacenza, Modena was to Lube, and Eventually, they won against. Uh, they won. Uh, they lost also against Monza in the in the first round, uh, and now they beat the team of Modena of uh, of Trento. Can we say that this is the starting of a rise for uh, the team of the president Katja Pedrini and the head coach Andrea Gianni? Well, definitely the. The victory against Trento gave them a confidence boost, uh, even if it was uh, decimated Trento, as, as we mentioned. And also from the analyst from Modena and all the, the interview, um, the, the players and everybody realized that that victory was way easier than, than expected. But Modena played the best game so far in their season. Uh, they were on point in attacking. Uh, finally, Bruno and Nimir uh, uh, had a, had a very good connection. Also, the middle blockers uh, Stankovic 
Uh, Stagvic has a 100% attacking, uh, six out of six. Uh, Mazzone was very good on blocking, and uh, and Gapet also had a pretty pretty good game. He was nominated MVP at the end of it. Uh, maybe just Leal is still a little behind, but th- that game probably will. S- s- how can I say, uh, will be the turning point of the season so far for Modern that was pre- pretty disappointing in, in general. Mm. Next game is against Perugia in Perugia. So <laughs> we, we will really see uh, how they Oi. how they, they react. Yeah, I, I don't know because... They're probably they lost, but they, they, lost, they lost 3-1 to Lube, uh, but they actually won the only set against Lube in the past uh, six, six games for Lube, and they also had a chance to win another one because they lost 32-30, uh, to 30, if I'm not wrong, uh, the, the fourth set, the last set, and then they could have the, took the game to the, to the tiebreak. Uh, so, yeah, I think that the, this game could be the start of something of something good for for Modena, and which is also having good uh, uh, a good feeling from the, the from the Sev Cup where they blasted some Finnish team in the in the round that they played during the week. So um, I, I'm, I'm actually looking forward for the games uh, Perugia Modena j- just to say both teams will be tested <laughs> in this game. So we will see. Yeah, this match will be played on uh, 24th of November, which is actually tomorrow. Taking into account the day of recording, uh, we are recording uh, on Tuesday, and uh, I hope today, in terms of the. Uh, day of the publication of the podcast, but uh, who knows? I will, I will try to do it. Uh, okay, uh, we have uh, six teams left in the ranking. Let's uh, uh, consider their uh, performance uh, in two gr- groups of three. Let's start with Milano, uh, nine points, Cisterna, seven points, and Taranto, seven points. Uh, Respectively, Milano have played six matches, Cisterna six matches, and uh, the team of Toronto uh, seven matches. Uh, let's mention here that uh, Toronto beat, I believe, uh, uh, they beat Padova and uh, I, I think Ravenna, and they took also one point against Verona. Yeah, exactly. and uh, yeah, Cisterna on their on their side beat, for example, the team of, uh, of Vibo, and we are going to talk about Vibo a little bit later. Milano, I could say that I was expecting a little bit more. They beat Verona in the last uh, uh, round, but uh, they lost, for example, very easily against uh, against um, some other teams. So it's they beat also Monza. So it's not that. And consistently from them because they lost more to better teams on paper and uh, and they will play. Uh, I believe they also played Lube uh, before, but uh, uh, in the first match, yeah. I'm not I'm not totally sure about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Milano is. I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. In, po- the, in the fifth nine, round, nine, they played also against Lube, so so they played they played against the the, the best teams so far. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, they, they have nine points and th- th- that's fine. I mean, they, they lost against Lube, they lost against uh, 
Perugia and they lost against Piacenza. They beat Monza, they beat Vibo and they beat Verona. That's what we expected from them. Uh, I mean, if we have uh, had uh, <laughs> to pick a result before every every of, of, of its games, we, we probably would have seen let's say the same the same thing. So I mean, Milano uh, with an easier schedule we would be higher in the in the ranking so far. And they had uh, uh, a balanced schedule and th- they win when where they have to win and they lost when they have to lose. Um, so I, I wouldn't say anything special about them. I mean, Patri had a monster game last uh, last uh, last game them against Verona. And they also have been. They just been a little bit disappointed against uh, Perugia, not just not only for the for the last set, which ended up the 25-12, if I'm not wrong. I mean they, they would beat very, very badly, but that was the only down game they had so far. Uh, Cisterna and Taranto are those kind of teams that uh, you could uh, expect them. To, to fight for every point against the other relegation teams and to expect them to, to win if the situation requires them to win at all costs. Otherwise, they, they could lose even in a silly way because um, Cisterna lost a, a game against Monza that, that they could have won uh, pretty, pretty easily, especially in, uh, in, in the tiebreak. Uh, Taranto had a very good game against Padova. I hope they will not have a very good game tomorrow against Trento. But <laughs> on the on the other end, they they fought against uh, against Vibo uh, despite the loss. They won against Ravenna. They they were we expected them 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 to be uh, at the beginning of the season. Both teams, in my opinion. By the way, talking about. Uh... To Taranto, I I would say that. By the way, sorry again. I I again said Taranto, Taranto, uh, and this is uh, some kind of inspiration from uh, the Canadian Toronto. So Taranto, uh, probably I need to to repeat that a lot of times. But Taranto uh, have seven points uh, out of seven matches, and I believe if they keep this um, proportion uh, and uh, win uh, points per match, I believe the 24 points at the end will be totally enough for uh, for staying in the for staying in the in the league uh, especially taking into account the fact that Ravenna will probably be one of the one of the relegate relegating teams uh, this season. Let's remind uh, the, and uh, repeat again that two teams will relegate and only one will be promoted in order for the next season to have only 12 teams in the league. Okay, let's go to the last uh, three teams. Uh, the teams of Vibo uh, uh, or the social media team like as uh, Ronnie calls them. Uh, Verona uh, with their first uh, win against the team of Taranto. Uh, with uh, two points out out of six matches, and Ravenna with one point out of eight matches. So their situation is uh, pretty pretty bad. 
Yeah, we knew that Ravenna would struggle. Uh, we knew all the difficulties they have to to build the team and <laughs> to take uh, part of this in this Superliga this year. So we're not expecting them to to do having more points, but they've lost the last 13 sets they played. They lost uh, three nil the last four games, and they lost the three one against. Uh, Maybe, sorry, let's check Maybe against Monza. So that's the last set they won was five games ago uh, against Monza. And they keep on adding players to the roster and they're trying to have a new solution. But uh, I think that their destiny will be to, to be relegated. I mean, I, I don't give them any chances to... To, to fight back and to stay in the in the Superliga. About Verona, I would let you say something, but about <laughs> Vibo, <laughs> let me add just, uh, when you change five slash six players uh, of the team of the previous year, and the team of the previous year was playing so well, uh, you're bouncing back is... Uh, much more worse than it actually looks. I mean, uh, it was uh, pretty unlikely that Vibo would have kept the same level of last year. So, so right now, looking at where we are and having in mind what they achieved last year, that's what makes the difference. We have to remind that Last year was the difference of the years of Vibo in the Superlega. I mean, Vibo, if it wouldn't be that for Superlega uh, can, uh, canceled the relegation uh, three seasons ago, would we play in, in Serie 2? Uh, so that, that's the level of Vibo. We expect more from some Brazilians. At least I expect more. Ronnie didn't. <laughs> he told that, that those players was probably the, the less quoted uh, Brazilians on uh, on the market, and now things are even turning a little bit more black because of the Nishida injuries in the in the last game against Lube. Because for for as much as we say that Nishida needs to to be tested to be consistent, it's one of those players who makes the difference in in this team, and uh, without him. It would be very, very, very difficult for, for Vibo to recover. Yeah, and actually I remember that in 2016 when I was attending the uh, Serie A1, Serie A1, uh, the cup uh, semifinals and final, back then uh, Vibo won the Serie A2. Uh, Coppa Italia, the, the cup of Italy. So, so uh, it's not a team with, which is in principle in the in the top teams or even in the six, seven teams in Italy. So, uh, but taking into account that they uh, they spend a lot of money on on Nishida, on uh, on the Brazilians in the team, probably they would need more uh, reward for their investment. Uh, and um, talking about Verona. Uh, yeah, I mentioned that also in the previous editions in the podcast, but it's a little bit problematic taking into account the fact that uh, most of the players, I mean the, the, the players who should score a lot, 
they're very young. We have uh, uh, we have Rok Mozic, uh, who is only 19, I believe. Uh, you, we have uh, Giulio Magalini, 19 uh, uh, or 20, I'm not sure, but uh, under 21 for sure, because he was part of the team that became a world champion, U21. Uh, as Prochas Prochov, okay, a third season in Italy, I, I think, uh, but... Uh, uh, but still 21 years of age. Uh, Mats Jensen, 22, I think. So the uh, the average age of the outside hitters and the opposite of the team is around 20, 21 uh, max. Uh, uh, so it's very hard because they are, those players are not that experienced. Taking into account also the fact that Spirito is not doing well, uh, or at least he's not doing we thought he should be doing uh, uh, in this uh, period of his career. It's very hard for uh, for Verona and for Dustin Stoichev as their head coach to do better. Of course, uh, we have expected for them to be uh, to be in a better place. To, uh, better placed in the ranking because they lost, for example, against the team of Padova, but as uh, as we can imagine now, this is not that big of a surprise, it, it seems. Uh, their only win was against Taranto uh, a round ago, and they lost against Milano. Okay, if we have something positive in their performance, this is the fact that they played pretty well in the first uh, uh, two sets against Milano, but then uh, it was uh, all the same, the same uh, thing. Uh, yeah, and uh, I believe that we can end this edition of the podcast with uh, with the matches that will be played. Actually, the match uh, between uh, Milano and uh, Cisterna, Cisterna. will start will start very soon in just 20-25 minutes. Uh, and tomorrow, as mentioned, the big match is between Perugia and Modena. Monza will play Padova. This match could be. Uh, interesting if Padova performs like they do it like they did it against Trento and Piacenza and not like against Taranto Verona will play Vibo and I pretty much hope that Verona can win this Taranto will play Trento and I don't think that Trento will have any problems here and Lube will play Ravenna in another match that uh, could be a sixth uh, uh, win in the last six matches for the team of Lube, and probably they won't even uh, lose a set. Yeah, that, that's it. I always... I will watch uh, Trento, Trento Tarato, of course, but also I will keep an eye on uh, Perugia, Perugia model. Yeah, probably I will concentrate on Perugia and Modena, but uh, uh, let's could let, uh, um, uh, thereafter I couldn't have also a look in some of the other matches. Okay, that was pretty much enough for today. I believe that we were uh, extensive enough. We don't uh, have, uh, we didn't have only today, but I pretty much believe that he will be very, uh, he will agree with our. Um, our considerations, uh, uh, especially uh, for Lube. 
follow us in the in the social media in Facebook, uh, Twitter. Uh, when it comes to Pivoli Divoli, the page of uh, of Nicola, also Cuban Spike, of course. Uh, if you like the contents of uh, Volleyball Explained, please like here the, the video if you watch this in YouTube and not listen to it in the podcast platforms. Uh, push this. Uh, uh, notification bell in order to be notifi- uh, notified for next videos in the channel and see you the next time. Bye-bye. Bye.